Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rock That Relationship. We are here with Martha Bodyfelt, and we are so excited to talk with her today. Um, this has been such an amazing season talking about dating because, you know, as many of you have been listening along with Tracy and I talking about more of our, you know, dating disasters and what not to do. It's actually nice to even it out with guests who share kind of what to do and maybe, maybe some ideas about how to go out there and, um, you know, have some more productive dating than, than at least some of the stories that I've shared. So Martha, we are so excited to have you here today and, um, kind of, um, serendipitous that we've, we found you. You have a great connection to Arizona, which I know Tracy and I, we are based in Arizona. So this is a lot of fun to have you here um, on our, I think it's 112 degree day here. So um, Martha, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your journey? How did you become a dating and relationship coach? Yeah, absolutely. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. I'm I'm really happy to be here. I am based in Washington, D.C., but I have huge family connections in Arizona. I spent a big chunk of my childhood there, went to university there. So love an Arizona moment, love an Arizona connection, <laughs> even if everybody's like literally melting into the ground right now. So yeah, so it is interesting because um nobody ever goes to uh, high school or college with like a guidance counselor, you know, telling them to become a dating coach. I mm-hmm. certainly didn't. I'm a child of the 80s and 90s. So that was never an option. But a um, little bit of backstory with me is I actually went through a pretty nasty divorce about, I would say, 12 to 13 years ago. And coming out of that and surviving that and making all of the mistakes and then realizing what to do, what not to do, a couple years later, I actually had some friends approach me who were going through divorce, asking for advice. And so I originally started out my life as kind of a, a divorce and divorce recovery coach for women. And I was doing that and I loved that work for a couple of years and about, no, maybe about a good a couple of years, maybe five, six, seven years. And what I found was the type of women who I was working with who were absolutely incredible. They basically, they had their shit together, right? They had successful jobs. They, you know, their kids were grown and out of college. And so they were never asking me questions about how do I find my purpose or how do I talk to my lawyer or anything like that? They said, Martha, can you give me some advice on how to date? I want to date, but all I see are, you know, people online and I'm just hearing horror stories about the Tinder swindler. And I'm just seeing guys who are just kind of half naked holding a fish. I want to find love. How do I not get scammed? How do I do this when maybe I haven't dated since the first Clinton administration? And mm-hmm. so going from having those incredible clients who were really kind of asking for that, as well as with my own journey after having gone through a really nasty divorce a while ago, I found love again. And I found love in my 40s. And so that end up recently, um, have been remarried for about a year. And so what was wonderful for me was just this kind of like beautiful organic process of my incredible clients who were women 50 and better, who wanted to learn to date again, who hadn't dated in a while, and then being able to kind of share some of the, the stories that I had with what not to do dating after divorce. And I did a hard pivot about last year for to become a a dating coach and relationship coach for a grown ass women. And (laughs) it's been it hasn't been kind of a a smooth line, but it's definitely been just kind of a wonderful, adventurous one. And I I really feel like this is my calling now. And I love it. (laughs) That's so awesome. You. And I love that term grown ass woman. I've been using that for about a year now. My therapist um, has a saying of F it. I won't use the swear word because we're on, you know, on Spotify, but F it fifties where, you know, at this point and Corey's calling this era of my life, nobody puts baby in a corner. Mm-hmm. And um, I've just come out of two like tumultuous relationships after a divorce. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I'm wondering, like, is there, you're over forties, right? So mm-hmm. wondering why being over 40 makes a difference and what advice do you give to listeners or to your clients? Like how do you work with them to go forward over 40? And is that different from being in your twenties? Absolutely. And honestly, it should be different. And so some of the advice that, that I love to give is that the things that you read online are not what you should be doing. 
So I think mm. as far as when we're talking about finding love at midlife, midlife such a kind of like a loaded word, but finding love as a grown ass woman, I think some of the advice that I would give is get offline. Don't just mm. automatically go because I feel like a lot of my clients who, who end up working with me either one-on-one or who then join my ready for love group coaching program, they say, Martha, I want love, but I'm losing hope and I'm about ready to give up on love. Mm. And I get curious to say, well, 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 why is that? What are we doing here? What's going on? Well, it's just, there are no good men on mm. online and I just feel discouraged. And so the one bit, like bit of advice that I give is if you feel like you want to date, you want to fall in love, you're a romantic at heart, but you're losing faith and you're losing hope that there's even decent men out there. Take your phone, throw it in the trash, or at least you, know, you don't want to be that dramatic about it. Um, what I would suggest is just do a purge of all online dating apps. Do not do the hmm. online dating apps because honestly, they do a great disservice to grown ass women. And so why, why is that? I think unfortunately what happens if you look at, if you actually kind of look at the people who designed online dating apps, guess who they were? They were nerdy virginal guys who were living in their mm-hmm. parents' basement and they probably would be there still if they had like not, you know, discovered like billion, trillion, gazillion dollar companies. And so you have to understand who was dating apps like even created for. Mm-hmm. It was created for men who did not want to learn the social skills to go and and talk naturally with women, to become mm-hmm. with women. Mm-hmm. And so they actually turned it into kind of a video game format. Hey, wouldn't mm-hmm. it actually be kind of fun to be able to, mm-hmm. I don't know, objectify women, objectify other people and say yes, no, and kind of base somebody's whole personality and base, you know, their, their ability to be a good partner in life just based on kind of a video game format, which actually dating online dating apps are. So that's, that's so interesting. Can I just stop you for a second? Sure, now, do you, do you have any experience? Do you think this applies same for lesbians or gay men or um, other kind of not just, you know, man, woman kind of scenario? Yeah, absolutely. So I work with them. Um, I do work with the many of my clients do come from the um, LGBTQIA plus community. And it is very similar when I do work with my particular with my lesbian clients. They have expressed to me it's the same thing that they say, mm-hmm. you know, I'm trying to find online and it's like, it's just, it just doesn't feel good. It feels like I'm being objectified. It feels like mm. I'm being commodified. And so what I encourage all of my, all of my clients to do, regardless of the community that, that they're a member of is to, what is it that you love to do? What is it that's making you feel incredible? And start mm. from there. Some mm-hmm. of my clients say, you know, I've just been so wrapped up in work. Work has been crazy, but they, they, they think that like the man of their dreams is going to just somehow kind of like walk into Trader Joe's and sweep them off their feet. <laughs> so some of the other advice I give is get the hell off the apps. Don't mm-hmm. do it. Now, if you're having luck and you're actually having a good time with apps, okay, fine. But if that is the only thing that you are doing to find love and to meet people, knock it off. And so that's a bit of advice I would give. Another bit of advice I'd give is that if you think of you wouldn't kind of invest all of your hard-earned money in crypto, no, that's for kind of weirdo scammers. You would diversify (laughs) your investments, right? So why are you not looking at your dating strategy the exact same way? You have to diversify your dating portfolio. Hmm. And so that is- What does that mean? What does that mean? How do we diversify? Because I have the feeling about the apps too. I just gives me, I've done it. I met my wife on there and one of my partners, but I also feel kind of like ick when I get on there and I feel like, oh my God, I'm just out there. Yes. As a commodity. Right. And I, that's so embarrassing to me. It's like Amazon. It's it's like shopping. Mm -hmm. That's what I always feel like. It's shopping. Someone's shopping for me. Are they looking at my reviews? I mean, come on. Exactly. Are they looking at, are they judging you if you accidentally put, you know, Y-O-U-R instead of Y-O-U apostrophe E-R? Okay. I'm the type of person who judges people who do that. (laughs) I do too. I do too. I do too. Exactly. So what I like to suggest is when we're taking a look at, you know, diversifying your dating portfolio, this is kind of um, what I like to do when I, when I work with my clients is we get very, very customized in that, but to kind of like have like a general idea is where, where do you like to go? What, Mm. what are the things that, and this is going to be different for everybody, right? Where do you like to go? What are the things that make you feel excited? What are the things that make you feel curious? What are things that just kind of like bring out your best self? How much time can you dedicate to that and do those things that feel good? And then putting that vis-a-vis, if that is going to be just kind of, okay, the place that makes me feel the most alive is my Oprah book club. But then you have to kind of transpose it with where could you actually find eligible partners? 
Right. So mm-hmm. If you yeah, are, if you're a straight lady in Oprah's book club, you're probably not going to meet your man in Oprah's exactly. book club. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or there's going to be 90% of the women are going for that one guy if he's the in one. there, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it is kind of thinking about, and this is kind of a customized thing that I do as part of my Ready for Love program when my clients work with me is getting that blueprint of how do we customize? What are the things that make you feel the most alive that you're excited about? What are the things that you could actually integrate into your schedule and make a priority as well as what does that look like as far as meeting people there? And so that might not be okay if you are going to, you know, a place and you're like, well, I don't see a lot of single guys there. That's not to say don't give up because we also have to think of the power of loose connections. Are there people there who you could become really good friends with? Because guess what? Those people that you become good friends with know single guys. They have coworkers mm. that they like. They mm. have, you know, maybe a brother who, you know, who's ready to date again. They have a cousin or they have a friend of a friend or they have a great neighbor. So it is looking at really kind of understanding and embracing and incorporating these kind of social structures that I know because you know, we live kind of like in a, you know, a post-capital, a post-capitalist like dystopia after, you know, after COVID. But what are these very kind of social things that we can do that make us feel good? It doesn't have to be a crowded bar if you don't want it to. And just making connections with people. It seems that we have like forgotten mm-hmm. how to do that. And that's the most mm-hmm. basic thing. So it's part of the beautiful work that I get to do with these wonderful women that, and, you know, other clients that I work with is figuring out what really makes them feel alive. And you think, well, well, Martha, you know, if someone's coming to you for dating and relationship coaching, why is it that you're telling them how to, you know, go and go and revisit these old hobbies or go and, you know, talk to five mm-hmm. different people in the weekend? Because that is the foundation to learn how to date successfully. And mm-hmm. so sometimes mm-hmm. those are skills that we've lost, especially in the past, you know, three years or whatnot. And getting back to those skills of feeling good, being out and about by yourself. And if you're like, well, I'm still shy, but doing things that you absolutely love is going to make you feel more confident. And when you feel more confident, you're going to radiate energy. When you radiate energy, that is that kind of like attraction that is going to attract wonderful people to you to get to know you better. And to then hopefully, you know, maybe who knows, go, go on a date or introducing you to people that maybe that you'd want to date. So that I think, is the advice I would give women who are just kind of ready to give up is just completely get rid of all the dating apps. They are not serving you. Go and get in touch with the things that actually you really love to do that you're curious about and maybe even revisit things that you haven't done in a while that are still speaking to your heart. And don't be afraid to talk to people when you're there. And it doesn't have to be, I'm not going to talk to anybody unless they're going to be my future ex-husband. No, 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 no. That's not what we're talking about. Practice the art of conversation, which unfortunately mm-hmm. we seem to be missing anymore, but you have to learn how to talk mm-hmm. to people. If you want to go out to meet and date incredible people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great well, and I, think about, Great. I think about that with Tracy. She's a, she's a major connector. Like we'll be standing right. and like waiting for like a, a bus or something and she'll have already like Facebook friended for people there and yeah. connect and then they connect her to somebody else. And then she's like, did you know that the person I met at the bus stop has a vegan cousin who has a friend in Seattle that I'm going to go visit on Thursday? And I'm like, what on <laughs> earth just happened? But it is true because I, when you're talking about those loose connections, right. right? It's this idea that somebody knows somebody who knows somebody and, and mm-hmm. there, there is just something about, you're right, kind of being in your, almost like your natural habitat, right? When you're, mm-hmm. you know, um, I met my current partner on a hike. I wasn't even looking to meet anybody yeah. and I went hiking. I love hiking. I wasn't even like looking around and then all of a sudden we just connected. And it was really funny because it was in a time that I was like just binging dating apps and I was, I put all my, my eggs in that basket. And then it was like, I was so focused on the dating apps that when I got to this hike, I, I hardly noticed. Right. And then it was like, oh my gosh, really? Here's a, a real connection, right? next to me. Absolutely. And I met my, I met my now husband at a software conference. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like, It is just understanding that and thinking about in times past, there were, there were people who met and fell in love and introduced people to other people all the time without the use of apps. And the world was able to procreate before and people fell in love and fell mm-hmm. out of love and dated and found new people well before apps ever existed. And it is reminding ourselves that that is possible and that can actually even be preferable than commodifying one another through dating apps. And so I don't know, you know, honestly, like, I don't even know like why we've, we've forgotten that. Cause if you think about, you know, I just, we just kind of like get into this kind of 
groove of, you know what, I'm going to buy some more tampons for some of us who are still menstruating, right? Um, but I'm, I'm, you know, on, on Amazon, may as well just click and put somebody, you know, in my, in my back. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's insane to me that this has just become, it's become the default when it doesn't have to be. It can be a slice of your dating pie, but it should not be the whole damn thing or you're setting yourself up for disappointment. Well, that, that's what I like that you said it should be a slice. Cause number one, it does, it does really give you a lot of good information about what's out there in the world. And Corey and I had a whole podcast that we, that we recorded about. Um, basically at first I'm like, Oh, these people should have a dating coach. And then I was like, no, they shouldn't because we should see the reality. If they're going to show their hoarder house, we need to see it up front. If they're going <laughs> to put themselves in these weird positions, I want to know right up front. Right. And it is quite frightening sometimes, but I honestly, I ended up getting married out of it. I met someone I really loved out of it. And although I do feel so queasy. And so I happen to be single right now. I'm about to do one of those speed dating events, um, you know, tomorrow actually. Yeah. And I don't want to be on the apps again, not because I object to them. I mean, I've moved all over. I've lived around the world. And so I find, you know, like I'm a Facebook fanatic. I feel like those things connect us, but yeah, there is something that in my gut just feels like, Oh, is this the right, is this the right way to do it? You know? And I like that you say you can use it for something, but don't let it be your end all be all, you know? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I mean, and I've had relationships, great relationships from, from online dating apps. I've had, you know, I've had friends who've met, you know, their, their partners or their spouses on online dating apps. So if it is something that you feel okay doing, because I know a lot of grown ass women don't, but if you feel okay doing it, yeah, let's, you know, we can work mm-hmm. with that. It's definitely, there are definitely good strategies in order to really utilize certain dating apps to your advantage. Just don't get on there blindly, mindlessly swipe right, left, like when you're taking a shit on the toilet and you're like, why are there like, no, right. no why are there like no good, you know, people here? There's definitely a really great strategy mm-hmm. in order to really kind of maximize and optimize online dating, but even even then understand that should only be a small percentage of your overall kind of like dating strategy. If that is something that is important to you. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the things I found when I was doing online dating is I got frustrated because there were really just not a lot of options for me locally. I mean, as, as a lesbian, I, there were three people that popped up. I paid a lot of money for this app and I'm like, there are three people. One of them was clearly a a fake profile. The second one I went on on a date with, and the third one disappeared off the site. So I was like, okay. So I got really frustrated and I felt bad, right? I felt like, I felt like I'm finally going to get online and that's where I'm going to meet someone. And then I didn't. And then, so what I did is this horrible thing, which was I deleted my geographic parameters so that I would feel good about myself. And then yeah. ever, and then I got like a thousand hits, which was so the dopamine. I mean, I was just, this is just so great. Except yeah. that what am I going to do? And I ended up creating connections with someone out on the East coast. I ended up creating connections with someone in Minnesota and I would like, and it was all over the place. And then I'm, and then the reality hit and I'm like, is that the connection that I want? Right. It feels right. good right now, but it's not feasible. So when you talk exactly. about meeting people in real life, that part of it is like, well, I want to meet people locally because I want to live locally and I want to date locally. And right. I know, that I got kind of suckered into that feeling of wanting that constant, you know, kind of hit of happiness. And the next thing you know, the reality set in and it just wasn't what I wanted. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that can get, you know, and we call that kind of, oh, well, this person's over on the other side of the country. Oh, and they seem to be perfect. That's called emotional masturbation. You know, we as women mm. do that all the time, but it's like, okay, if you want a long distance relationship and you want that long distance relationship to just stay and remain one, mm-hmm. maybe that tactic is Okay. I would definitely advise different tactics, but I think it is getting very grounded. And that's something that, you know, I think a lot of, you know, women, we don't, we tend to, you know, kind of forget as well is we don't get very grounded. You know, we don't figure out like a a strategy. And I know there's this kind of, oh, we'll just let it flow and let things come naturally. Yeah, sometimes that doesn't work. Like let's let's live in the <laughs> kind of you know reality that um I think one of the other kind of mistakes that, you know, women you know, that women, you know, I would, I kind of recommend if, you know, women are feeling discouraged is don't, don't go in without a plan. And mm-hmm. so that is definitely like something, that. you know, I know that's kind of, I think something that we we're going to plan to talk about like a little bit later in the interview, but, um, um, that is definitely something if women are feeling, you know, discouraged, it's taking a look at what are you doing? Let us figure out what is working for you or what has the potential to work. 
and we'll throw away the rest and let us get very clear and very mindful and very concise on the best ways for you individually to date. And it's not just, oh, sign up, look, you know, be confident, wear red lipstick and just look cute. Say yes to everything. I'm like, no, these are not, let's, let's not do that because you know what happens when people do that? They end up dead. Okay. So like, let's (laughs) actually have a plan that works for grown ass women. And it should not be the same thing that's working for, you know, your daughters or your nieces or, you know, the, you know, the Gen Zers Uh because we are. And we should be dating differently in a more evolved manner than younger, than younger women, women for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, here's something interesting. A friend of mine has just uh, gotten, she's in a divorce and they're separated and everything. And she's finally, I was like, just please wait to date until you really are moved along. Like until you are actually happy and you feel happy. And so she finally got to that point about six months after, you know, she's still in the process, the legal process, but she's emotionally done. And so mm-hmm. she got online and she met two different people, one I'll call Border Patrol and one I'll call teacher. And mm-hmm. I first looked at her profile and I'm like, take these gym photo selfies off right now. Like you have a running photo in a marathon, keep that on, shows you're healthy. Your face photo shows you're healthy. Fine, put your cat on there so they know you have cats. But like, do not put these gym selfies. That's just inviting, in my opinion, the wrong kind of attention that, you know, that person who's out there. Border Patrol, who after one date, you know, is sending messages about coming over with your bikini and nightgown at, you know, after one date, right? And so Mm. she's now been on three dates with teacher, who's a very nice person. And I'm like, look, you have the time. They, they, he was actually leaving after, you know, for a month. And so they just texted together. And I'm like, this is perfect, right? This is perfect. But it's interesting because now they're both looking at the app to see if each other's still on the app. And she's like, you know, is it too that soon game. to like just yeah. get off the app? And I said, yeah. And just be honest and be upfront about everything. Like this, it is the games. Like, you know, it's okay to say like, hey, I like you. I want to see where this goes. And I'm going to just, you know, I think match you can't cut off. You're like on there for six months. But here's my feeling also about the apps is like, how many different apps are there? There's like 30 or 40. And oh, so bazillion. it's like, oh my goodness, even if there is somebody out there, who knows you're going to be on the same app, right? And I agree with Corey. Like, I mean, I'm more willing to move. Corey's not willing to move. And she happened to, she didn't go into the whole story, but a week before she met that person at the hike, she literally had written down everything she wanted in a person. And I'll, the, the person materialized. She had just moved back to Tucson. It was unbelievable. Like the, it's like the list of what she wanted materialized in front of her. And like, I'm at the point right now where I don't, I don't want to do that. Like I kind of want to just see what's out there, but it is overwhelming because how do I know which lesbians are going to be online? And when I did fit singles, what year ago, Corey, the first two people who popped up were Corey and another friend. And I'm like, forget this. Like I already know all these people in town. This is awful. You know? So it's overwhelming. I think, you know, right. It's overwhelming. I mean, and I think, you know, in, in, in that case, what I really like, you know, what, you know, what Corey did was getting very, sounds like, you know, you got like very intentional that I'm not, you know, I'm not just going to do this reactive. Let me just sign up for, you know, 80 different, you know, kind of um, online applications. I think that is a terrible idea. You know, when my clients actually want to, are open to doing online, I will only let them, or I, I can't let them, I can't make somebody, I'm just a coach. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, I'm not like a, you know, I'm not like a law enforcement, but like <laughs> I you know, suggest pick two. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. you only get to pick two and, you know, we set, we set it, you know, we set a timer that they can only look at it at, for an hour a week. Mm. And that is, you know, and then we, we, we go from there. But I think that there is kind of this idea that we just get, you know, it's kind of like we call this, you know, kind of analysis paralysis that mm-hmm. when you have too many options, you actually don't even make a decision of which one you do mm-hmm. or you try to spread yourself too thin and it's just going to not, not great. And so, you know, for the example of, well, there was only, you know, I signed up for, you know, fit singles and the, I already, the only two, you know, other, you know, kind of, you know, women that showed up were, you know, people I knew. And I think a lot of times this actually happens with a lot of my clients that they, I've seen this person before. I've seen this person online. You know, they were sending me dick pics. They tried to have a booty call, whatever, whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. That just must mean that it's too late for me and I'm just not going to find love. And to me, when I see that it said no, that just means, and I would say the same thing in that situation where there's, you know, two other women that you're like, well, hold on. I'm not, I'm not going to date these women, but like, it is understanding that that is just not the best avenue for you. Mm-hmm. And you have to find another avenue if you want to, you know, if you want to meet people and you want to date. And that just because mm-hmm. you're not having luck 
with an online app, just because you're not having luck with like a speed dating, that doesn't mean that you're not good at dating. That just means that that is not, that is just not your aptitude. That is just not going to be the place for you at this time. But for every place that doesn't work, that every place that's you're, you know, making you feel down, there's at least like 25 to 50 other places that, you know, that you can go, that you can explore and then you can learn about yourself and then you can get confident and you can meet people. And that's kind of the beautiful work that I love doing when I'm working with my clients, whether it's a one-on-one or a group setting that helping them discover, because I can't tell them, go here, go here, go here, because I don't, I don't know every place they go. Mm-hmm. But if I say, okay, where do you feel the most alive? Where do you look forward to going? Okay. And now let's place that with where could you find eligible people? And we put that like beautiful Boolean mm-hmm. logic. I think that's what it's called, right? Like that Boolean logic kind of like circle together. That's when kind of like the, uh, the, the magic starts to happen. I've never even thought of that. Oh, I can mm-hmm. do this. I can do that. But we have to take a step back first instead of just like kind of going in robot mode of, oh, I'm just going to go on all these online apps. And Mm -hmm. so it is, we can use technology and that's great, but let's kind of use our evolved minds. Let's let's kind of think about, let's, let's be a bit more mindful about that. Um, And so Corey, I loved how you had, you had listed before you even getting into dating again, you had listed, these are, these are the, you know, the, uh, the qualities I want in a partner. And getting very mindful of that. And we don't even, we don't even do that sometimes. You know, one of the mm-hmm. mistakes that I see women make is, you know, I'll ask, what is your, you know, for grown ass women, what is, what are some of the values? What are your non-negotiables? And it'll be, oh, please, Lord, just have them be taller than me. I'm like, well, that's not really, <laughs> not really a value. That is something that, of course, we all want, but that is, that's not really a value or, well, he just can't be a cheater. And I'm like, okay, if you're sending that energy, yeah, nobody wants, nobody wants to be with a cheater. No shit. But like, <laughs> if you are sending kind of that energy out that they can't do this, they can't do this. And you're already like, mm-hmm. before you even meet this person and you're going in with guns blazing, what, how do you think that's going to, how do you think that it's going to go on a date? Mm-hmm. You know, if you sat right. down with somebody and they started being like negative or whatever, how would that make you right. feel? Do you want to see them again? Absolutely not. And right. so is getting very, very mindful of what do I even want in a partner? What is something that I can work around? What is something that's a nice to have? What is versus what is this number one non-negotiable? And getting curious, why do I have this particular non-negotiable? Why mm-hmm. is this thing mm-hmm. important? I had a client who insisted that the guy be able to run marathons. I said, okay, well, what if you meet this incredible hunk who just happens to be what I like to call a hell on wheels, you know, an individual who's, you know, who, you know, who's, who's, you know, who's in a wheelchair or, you know, has kind of some assisted mobility. And this person just like freaked out, like, well, 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 now you're making me look like a bad person because you asked. I said, well, no, I'm just curious. Why is it that you insist on having somebody, you know, who's a marathon runner? And it, she had shared that it was she loved being outside. She loved, you know, doing the marathon runs and her ex-husband never wanted to share any of that with her. So it wasn't even mm-hmm. marathon running. It was mm-hmm. my ex-husband. I feel hurt because he never wanted to spend time with me. Mm-hmm. And so these demands and these must haves that we're stipulating, I have seen in my time as a dating coach and I've you know been a dating coach for a couple of years at this point, but I have seen that there's always something that lies beneath that. And getting curious Mm. that, okay, you know, I want somebody who's making more than me. I see this with like a lot of my clients. It's like, okay, well, well, why is that? What if you're making $500,000, got out of the realm in Washington? Mm -hmm. It's just, you know, how it is. What if he's, what if he's making a million, but he's an asshole? What if he's making, Mm -hmm. so it's causes, and that's what I love doing as a coach. And I think it's also because I was, um, I was a competitive debater in college. So I love to kind of have like that cross-examining with my clients, but it is also getting curious with, why do I have these standards? Is this mm-hmm. something that a 20 year old version of me mm-hmm. wants, or is this some, some kind of hurt part of me mm-hmm. that is still grieving after my divorce or whatnot that they are saying this is defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, that is something that I see like a lot of women that I, that I work with. It is a mistake that they make that they are not really stopping to think, why is this thing important to me? And they're not stopping to think what mm-hmm. is really what is really important to me mm-hmm. and so what's the significance of that and that lady wanted someone active not necessarily a marathon runner but someone active so she wasn't someone you know, always trying to drag her. exactly mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. doing things she loves right i think that's mm-hmm. what's really important is like that you figure that out and like 
I'm about to put that on paper, but I'm just not ready because I'm still like having fun. Um, I don't want to like get committed, but it's important that like, yeah, I want to be with somebody who's doing the things that not all the things that I want to do, but yeah, I don't want to be like that lady trying to drag somebody out of the house. And I've been that way, you know, when in my marriage where everyone thought I was the, you know, crazed outdoor person and it gets, it's exhausting to try to get when that's your passion, when that's where you want to spend your time. And I think that's so important is narrow down exactly what you said. What is behind that? Are you, is it because you like to exercise? Cause you like to be fit. Is it because you want to be outdoors? Is it, you know, and like my ex-wife, she wanted to do people, invite people over for champagne flights and do this and have, you know, house parties. And that was like, just, just would put me into like a, a fit. Like it just was not my thing. Right. And that was something we should have probably talked about before we got together because it was a huge issue, you know, that I want to be outside. She wants to be doing those things. And those just, it it never clicked. And for eight years, we tried really hard, but I think, you know, I I wouldn't have thought if you told me that before the marriage, oh, that's important. And now I see it after the marriage. Yeah. That stuff is really important. Right. And I think that there's also, if you meet somebody that's really, you know, that's really great and there does seem to be, you know, maybe some kind of mismatches, it's not that necessarily, you know, oh, oh, kicked into the curb, but it's just kind of getting curious. Why is this important? Is there a way that we can compromise on this? And Mm -hmm. so this is, you know, and I think that is, you know, that is something important as well that so for example, let's say, you know, the next, you know, lady you're dating also likes to do champagne flights. It's, hey, Mm -hmm. actually, I'm actually going to go and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to actually do like an overnight hike. I'm going to go and do this instead. Celebrate with your friends who actually like doing this, but that's just, you know, don't, don't bring me into it. And so that's the thing too, I think with like, and I think Esther Perel was talking about this, but there's, um, I think something that we make mistakes with as well is when, when, when we're dating and we're getting into serious relationships is that we expect our partners to be, be our be all end all and every single thing for us. Mm-hmm. We expect our partners mm-hmm. to be our best friend. We expect our partners to be like our number one social buddy. We expect our partners to be, you know, blah, 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 and our romantic interest and this and that. And this is like the first time ever in humankind that that's been the case. You know, back old time. Yeah. I'm not saying that I want us to live back. You know, I, I mean, I'd, I'd slip my back churning butter. So I'm not saying that, mm-hmm. you know, I'd want to be back there. But if you think of like the social circles that even like our grandmothers had, you know, they weren't mm-hmm. relying on, you know, their, you know, their husbands to be every single thing for them. You know, so it is kind of curious. Why is it that it's like that now? Um, mm-hmm. one of my, one of my clients, she insisted that, you know, she likes to travel and she insisted, Oh, the next man that I'm with has to have a passport. He has to be able to travel with me. And if, if he doesn't have a passport, that's a no go. And so I'd said, well, what if this man, you know, this man wasn't able to get a passport because he was caring for his sick mother for a couple of years. Are you going to say, are you going to say, yeah, because I, I love being kind of like the devil's advocate on everything. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't so, well, 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 no, that's understandable. It's like, okay, so are you going to write a guy out, write a guy off just because he doesn't have a passport, just because he hasn't had the opportunity to travel like you? Well, well, that's not really what I mean. I just, you know, I just really love to travel. But then it's kind of like, okay, is it though that you just want somebody to be intellectually curious and open to travel? You know, is mm-hmm. that, and so it's kind of kind of like looking, looking at that just because our partner doesn't like doing a certain thing is that main kind of overarching kind of idea, like a sense of curiosity. Usually if somebody says, well, they have to love to travel. I love to travel, but I like to travel alone. So I don't even want like mm-hmm. my, you know, a lot of times <laughs> I travel solo, you know, then, you know, my, and which is, you know, I thought that was a, you know, a, a, a that was a no, you know, that was a deal breaker, but it wasn't, you know, it's just an, okay. Mm-hmm. I travel a lot. I love actually the fact that, you know, my husband is here kind of running that, you know, running, running the show, you know, and so it is kind of getting very grounded in really understanding what are deal breakers, but what are some things that you do to kind of meet Mm -hmm. somebody halfway. And if there is just kind of a no go, it's okay. How do we work around that? Is it, you know, the partner has a champagne flight with the girlfriends and then you go on a hiking trip or whatever, but it is really knowing what is a deal breaker for you? Mm-hmm. And we just have not really had, none of us really have had kind of like the luxury to really stop and think that through mm-hmm. because nobody ever taught us. Like, I don't know about your guys' as mothers, but I was never taught any of this. There was no dating 101. There was never, you know, the keys to a successful relationship 101. Like was when I was in college, 
But I feel like what's wonderful about dating and doing this type of work now as grown-ass women is we know these nuances. Is is we mm-hmm. have these backstories, we have this wealth of experiences that we can bring to kind of mold and shape the story of what we want with our lives and with our romantic partners moving forward. Mm-hmm. Well, and even even when you talk about not having like that dating, I don't know, dating advice or coaching, it's, you yeah. know, it's always been, there's a lot of pressure societally to be partnered. And so it's almost like there's not even the idea that you might take a break between people and just want to be single for your own self is there's a societal kind of view that that's not really a good thing. And so I think sometimes people will rush from one relationship to the next to next. And, you know, I've had this situation where I got out of a relationship and I was processing uh, processing prior breakups because I finally let myself have a minute to think. And I was like, wait a minute. And I could see patterns and I could yeah. see things that I compromised. I saw pendulum swinging where I went for someone who was exactly opposite of what I had, yeah. which wasn't the solution either, but it was like taking just a moment to breathe. And and that was helpful. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And I think that that's critical. And it's interesting because when I'm, when I, when I do launch my ready for love group coaching, I, my group coaching program and I, I launch it twice a year, the one component is to sign up. You have to, you have to, you have to like dedicate or promise that you are not going to date for at least four months wow. because that four months of my coaching program, I want my women, I want my clients to 100% focus on themselves because that is the stuff that we're talking about Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. what are some of those patterns? What are some of the reasons that, you know, you think that, you know, what part did maybe you play in a relationship that didn't make you feel good? What are some of these limiting beliefs that you think you are carrying? What are these things that you are doing to self-sabotage that are might, you know, maybe jeopardizing future relationships? What are things that you are doing that no longer serve you? And you know what? Nobody's looking at that when they're in, when they're in another relationship because they're so caught up like in the romance and the, um, oh, us together that we're not looking at what do I need to change? What behaviors do I need to fix in myself? What are the times of folks that I'm being attracted to that no longer serve me? Why, why am I attracted to these type of people? Because everybody has, uh, has a type. Well, how is that type helping you if you're single and heartbroken all the time? Because you're dating that person. Mm -hmm. So with ready for love, that is a lot of the stuff that we actually really dig into is understanding that. So you're not making those mistakes moving forward mm-hmm. and becoming jaded and cynical, but mm-hmm. I am a hundred percent for after a breakup, not, not dating for a while, because mm-hmm. I think we, as women, we're so focused on helping everybody and caring for everybody that we, this time when you're single is this incredible time for you to focus on you and society doesn't mm-hmm. really help women do that. You know, I think it's getting better, but we don't ever get to do that because we're in this, Oh, you have to be the mom. You have to be the sister. You have to be partner. You have to be, you know, blah, 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 blah. Instead of just being you and focusing on what you want. So mm-hmm. I am a hundred percent pro not dating after a breakup or a divorce. And taking that time to just spend that time getting to know you better. Because when you really know yourself, you're going to be able to really kind of have a better time, like attracting and attracting like a partner that is aligned with you versus just kind of like from some scarcity kind of mindset of, oh, they like me. So I guess I'm going to like them. Mm-hmm. Let's not do that. <laughs> right, right. Well, can you, I, one of the things that, you know, I, we, we saw on some of your, your profile stuff was this idea of dating DNA. I'm just curious, what what is dating DNA? How does it work? Yeah, so dating DNA is something that I really teach my my clients, whether it is in the group coaching Ready for Love program or whether it's in a one-on-one container with me. And so dating DNA is the opportunity and it goes into three different parts. It's a framework that the first part of the dating DNA and I, I think I um, I kind of cheated my way through AP biology. So I'm just trying to envision what like a DNA, like double helix. Looks like. <laughs> like first part of that is that it is really getting clarity. So there's three mm-hmm. components, clarity, confidence, and connection. So that first part of the dating DNA is clarity. And clarity is really discovering what are reasons that breakups have, have occurred in my life. How did I contribute to that? If not, mm-hmm. How did I act in relationships that didn't serve me? Was I being a person that didn't make me feel good? Why was I being that person who didn't make me feel good? 
what are some limiting beliefs that I'm carrying? And that's the thing, whenever we're stuck, you know, that's a lot of women, we carry limiting beliefs, like, I'm not worthy of love. Um, I am, it is too late for me. Those are some of the most common limiting beliefs mm-hmm. that, that, that women have. And um, then also, what are ways that maybe I am performing self-sabotage? And so having that complete clarity on maybe what contributes to us not being successful dating, that's a great first step. And that's the first part of the dating DNA process. The second is the confidence, understanding the unique things that you bring to the table as an evolved, mature, grown-ass woman. How is it relationships are actually going to be great for you now that you have a chance to start over at 40, 50 and better? understanding what your unique human design is. And that's something that I go into with my clients that actually, because not everybody is going to approach and date the same. So figuring out what is your unique human design and how you can actually use that as a superpower to help you date better and help you find and experience the love that you desire. Getting very clear on what your values are, what your nice to haves are, and what your complete non-negotiables are. Before you even set foot like at a mixer or before you set foot at some kind of and really understanding what that is, because if you're not very grounded in that, you're going to go like like a plastic bag in the wind and not really kind of be confident in 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 how you want to bring yourself to the table when you date again. And so that's the third, the second part. And the third part, which is the most fun part of the dating DNA is connection. Now, we talked previously about how some d- online dating can just be kind of like a shit show and not like a fun Tijuana type of shit show. And so what we go in with like the dating connect, the connection part of the dating DNA is really understanding what is the best way for you as a grown ass woman to date outside of apps because you can successfully date and find and experience incredible love without ever having to on to a download a dating app again and getting very grounded in where is it that you can find and attract great people? Mm-hmm. Where is it that you want to go kind of what we talked about originally? Where is it that is going to make you feel good? What are the things that you want to do and really figuring out? And I love it when people say, oh, if I just moved, I would have a better time dating, which is just complete bullshit because I've had friends find love living in a town of 600. And I've had girlfriends who live in Shanghai who say that they can't, mm-hmm. they can't find good men to date. So it's getting very clear on where to go in your hometown or where to go wherever you are in a way that feels comfortable and safe and fun for you. And so that's the connection part of the dating DNA framework. And so by the time we're done working together, you have that complete kind of um, clarity, confidence and connection to go out and date fearlessly and have a great time and feel great, basically learning how to attract the love of, of, of your life. That's awesome. So you do that with like, you do that with like clients, just you, you base their DNA on their own interests, their own experiences, exactly. right? It's all like specific, just like DNA would be really specific. Ding, to a ding, 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 ding. Exactly. It is not, it is never formulaic. And that's what, you know, mm. I, what I, when I was trying to date, you know, as, as, as a woman in her forties who, you know, who was divorced and who had done all the online dating apps and was just, you know, had some relationships, but it just like felt just not really great about any of that. And I would try to Google or I'd try to go on Instagram that dating advice and it was all bullshit. And what drove me crazy is the dating advice for women who I like to consider, you know, grown ass women. It was just so, it was just so patronizing that just be yourself, just put on some red lipstick, wear a cute dress and just go have fun. And it was just so, it was just so reductive. It just like drove me crazy. And I said, this isn't going to work for one person, let alone like the whole lot of us who are out here, you know, out in these streets. And so that is why I decided to develop the dating DNA because everybody is going to be completely different. Mm-hmm. And one bit of advice or one way to date for one person is not going to be the same for how, how another person should date. We are all unique. Let's have our dating strategy reflect that and be unique too. So we can actually find and attract the incredible people that we're meant to be with. Not everybody else is meant to be, but, but, but who, who we're meant to be with to find our people. And so that's why I just, mm-hmm. I love doing the dating DNA. My clients have had success with that. And that's, what, what more could a coach want? <laughs> that's, that's so awesome. And you say everyone's got their unique dating profile, which I think is great, but there must be one worst dating advice ever <laughs> received <laughs> or heard of. And I'm going to tell mine, which Please. I've had said to me so many times. Yeah. 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 The tell best me. way, the best way to get over someone is to get over, get under someone else. <laughs> 
Is that the worst? I think it's the worst. It makes me want to just scratch that person's eyes out. Like, to me, that's just ick. Ick. I can't imagine just compounding problem on problem. So do you think, like, for there is, like, give us, like, five worst dating advice? Oh, my God. You guys, that could be, like, a whole (laughs) That could be a whole (laughs) season. But some of the worst things that, like, I've heard that I hate is just be yourself. Mm-hmm. That is no, I know that's kind of like controversial, but just by, but this advice that just go be yourself isn't going to actually help you find the love that you, the, the, the love that you want. Because if you were just quote being yourself right now, you know, you'd already be like in a great relationship. So that's nuanced mm. in that. I'm not saying change who you are, but it is, you need to really know some of your habits. You need to know some of your blind spots. You need to know what's not working mm-hmm. and you need to know how to capitalize on really what it is and just being yourself, but what if, you know, what if you're self-sabotaging? What if you're self-destructive, which I see unfortunately a lot of like professionally successful women do in relationships. So let's not just be ourselves. So I think that is probably the worst piece of dating advice. Mm -hmm. Um, Honestly, one of the ones that I don't like as well is just put yourself out there. Mm -hmm. I think that is really stupid, bullshit, paternalistic advice. Um, And it's actually, it actually does more harm for grown ass women than it does good. Because just putting yourself out there, but if it's in a way that doesn't make you feel good, it doesn't make you feel safe, and it just doesn't make you feel confident, why Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. So I think there's – I think that's – I think just, oh, just get online to see what's out there. Mm-hmm. I think that's horrible dating advice. Yes. Um, the that only makes problem, everybody sad. That's what I've heard. It does, everyone it does, everyone yeah. has the same experience. They're just sick to their stomachs. Exactly. And like, there's no one there for me. There's no exactly. one. And you know, the fellas, cause I, you know, I, I do take some, you know, I do take some male clients and, you know, whether, you know, um, you know, straight, straight, gay, you know, whatever community, nobody likes online dating. Like everybody, you know, unless I, my caveat is if you were just kind of like looking to, you know, looking for fun, you know, and if you're looking just kind of like for, for that and you're completely capable of not being emotionally attached after, you know, kind of sex. Okay. Let's consider, you know, online dating in a fun way. But if you're looking for like a true lasting relationship, that is, yeah, maybe make it 5% of your dating pie. And so just getting online to see what happens. I think that is probably the third, you know, worst, you know, piece of dating advice. Um, what I, one of the other ones that I just, it's, we have kind of, there's this kind of whole idea of kind of feminine embodiment. And I don't know if you ladies has kind of like heard about that, but you know, just, just being more feminine. I hear that a lot. And that makes me cringe because there's so many different layers to like masculine and feminine polarity and feminine embodiment. And just saying, be more feminine to women who basically like been shat on by like the patriarchy. Like I just mm-hmm. understanding the nuances of feminine embodiment first. And that's something that I teach in the, um in my dating DNA to make it more successful, to make you a more successful, like empowered dater. Um, so I think that's terrible advice. And I think that another really bad piece of advice is that quit being picky. And mm. that comes with, that comes with a nuance because I don't think women, I don't think anybody, doesn't matter who you are, don't lower your standards, but it's actually get real, actually fucking know your standards. Mm-hmm. Because I think a lot of times people say, oh, you know, my standards, person has to be this is and i most of my clients are um cis hetero women um but it is you know you know if their standards are oh i just want him to make you know more money than me and please let him be taller than me i'm like these are horrible these are horrible standards to have let's actually kind of like get dig in a little bit that what are maybe standards that could better suit you yeah maybe you want a partner who's taller than you but is it maybe you just want somebody who's generous because you know your past partner was stingy and so you know just being too picky that's not i think that's terrible advice i think it's so we need to be more nuanced and we actually need to be more mindful of what it is that's really important to us so there you have it you guys um those are those are great and i have to say no one's ever told me to be more feminine i am a soft butch so that would be (laughs) i'm lucky to have never gotten that advice and that would be laughable if anyone ever looked at me and said that to me love it love it no absolutely love it no i mean it's like kind of like the you know the feminine definitely that's that's supposed to like kind of like my cis hetero kind of clients but yeah it's like (laughs) that would be yeah that's you know for you know for my my lesbian clientele like no one's ever yeah none of them ever 
That is never advice that they have received. No, they received plenty <laughs> other terrible advice. Yeah. Yes, There's yes. plenty of terrible advice that is, you know, for all communities out there. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Wow. Well, this has been really, really an interesting conversation. Super helpful. Um, if, I mean, you've got a lot of great information out there and it sounds like you've got a, gr- a lot of great resources and coaching and all that. If our listeners want to learn more about you, where do they go and what kinds of things are on the horizon for you? Do you have any kind of programs coming up or any resources that you can share? Yeah, absolutely. So the first stop is to actually go to my website, which is just MarthaBodyFelt.com. And what we can do there is I actually have a free guide. I have a freebie for, for, for any of the listeners who are interested. And it is a free guide that you can download basically called how to how to get started dating if you haven't done it in decades. So, so many, mm-hmm. so many D's there, but go ahead and mosey on over to that, um, mosey on over to MarthaBodyFelt.com and download that free guide. And it's going to be an excellent kickstart for how to figure out if you want to date, if you're curious about dating, maybe you don't even know if you want to date right now, but that guide is going to give you the clarity mm-hmm. absolutely for Great. free how to mm-hmm. how to get started and how to figure out what the next incredible step is for you. So that is on the so I would definitely invite everybody to go there right away. And in addition to that, um we are actually going to be launching the Ready for Love. It is I think the third time that we're offering that. We are going to be launching the Ready for Love group coaching program very soon. And mm-hmm. so Ready for Love is a four week or not excuse me, is a four month intensive program for 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 women um or or folks who identify as women to it is a small group exclusive small group where you learn the dating dna program you get the clarity on what you want so you can date successfully and feel really good doing it in a small group of other incredible women everybody becomes best friends it is something that i love seeing it has happened time after time and so information on that you can actually go to my website and that's at just martha.bodyfelt and I can send you guys the show notes on that. It's just, you know, forward slash ready for love, all of those hyphen, and you can book a free call with me and we'll, we'll figure out what the best, um, the best option is for you, whether it's working one-on-one or joining our next iteration of the ready for love group program. And you, you mentioned you're in DC, but I assume you do everything or can do I'm assuming Every- everything's online, zoom, everything. God bless technology. I know we literally spent like the past hour talking shit about, you know, technology. <laughs> However, two ideas can coexist. And so yeah, um, everything we do it, we do it on Zoom. I have, you know, I have a client, clients who literally are one metro stop away from me. I have clients on the other side of the world. Mm-hmm. And so we are only bound by our ability to get up at three in the morning to work together. So. Mm-hmm. Everybody, everybody's welcome. There's, there's, you know, definitely, I think the only, the only caveat is being willing to make behavioral changes in yourself so you can have the type of love that, that you frankly, that you frankly deserve. Mm -hmm. That is the only caveat that I have working for me. The only criteria. That's awesome. That's a good one. Excellent. Well, Martha, thank you so much again for being on here. We're, we're really um, excited to just have this perspective. It, you know, it's so fun talking to different guests because we always get so many great ideas and great like viewpoints that we, you know, hadn't really considered. And it was great um, really to talk about. Um, particularly the bad dating advice, some of the things about the apps and how, you know, getting out there and getting some real life connection, especially, you know, here we are, uh, coming out of, you know, COVID and it's been really a lack of connection. And, and it's nice to think about how do we just, you know, jumpstart mm-hmm. that back and, and get back out there. Um, Anyways, we, again, we really appreciate you being on the show and to all of our listener, listeners out there, you know, uh, we, we hope that you, t- uh, go to the show notes. We'll put some of, uh, Martha's information in there so that you all have it and can, you know, download her free guide and all of those things too. So, um, until our next episode, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.